bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. You want some reality, everyone? Yeah. Here it is. We're irritable. <laughs> um, I just need to throw it out there. I need to throw it on out there. Okay. Mm. We we went beyond the bender um, a couple weeks ago <laughs> and we, we went ahead and stayed on it, uh, uh-huh. culminating this weekend in Palm Springs mm-hmm. and now we attempted to start the GM diet and went ahead and had another little small bender <laughs> but we're gonna start it now <laughs> yep we'll go ahead and uh, if you are not a member of the Patreon please join patreon.com slash politics where you can hear a little bit about starting the GM diet and for me at least getting right off of it well also you did it before and there's a whole episode yes. about it you can find out what it is. Um, we'll give you a little tidbit, though. It's just fruit for one day. The next day's just vegetables. And then to make it through that and have drinking ruin it and have to start over <laughs> after you I mean, made it through nightmare. a day. It's just fruit. It's uh, so we're a little irritable, but God. we are we are taking several seats. Right. Meow, meow. Several. Several. So. Beyond. It's been a good run. <laughs> Can't say it hasn't run. been completely fun, mm-hmm. but we are now going to sober on up, get our health on. Mm-hmm. Can't sit by a pool with three tight ass gay guys and not get your health on. I mean, I mean, oh, everything in front of my eyes now is screaming at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Screaming. So, it's back to the GM diet tomorrow. Fruit, veg, veg and fruit, banana, milk. Literally one of the days, you guys, is bananas and milk. Okay? <laughs> Only. For me, that's tomorrow. I know. You're so lucky. I know, but I'm just going to have to start over, I think. Well, if you do, <laughs> then just know, uh, I mean, I have to start over because I full on went off. Well, yeah. Because I only went off by drinking, but I did drink right. a uh, 100,000 <laughs> calories in alcohol. Yeah. Well, I went off by but, drinking 100 yeah. million calories in alcohol and about a pound of rice. Yeah, then you ate. And food. salt. Right. And, you know. Well, if you're going to go off, you... Anyway, that's we'll talk about it after. I'm like, go the, all the fuck off and have some chips because all I want today is chips, chips, chips. Oh, I'm on... Well, now that I'm off, <laughs> I can tell you what I'll be having later. Now, um, Sasha Flick, who is yes. um, uh, one of our... 14 listeners mm-hmm. she's a she's a patreon subscriber i'd say she's a board member 
Yeah, she's absolutely you know what a board mean? member. She's a she's a friend and a fan. She's a fran. She's a friend, a fan, a fran, a board member, a chairmaster, <laughs> a chair member, a cherio, a CEO, and a char and a chard member. Okay. Um, How we about love that? her, and she's gotten us a million gifts. She got oh us the God. Vider Energy mints that we love. Uh huh. Um, she's gotten us a ton of things over. Oh, she makes us ringtones and it's she just, ca- she I came can't. to New Orleans. And yep. brought me pills, speaking of benders. <laughs> so she sent us a, a gift box. I mean, if this was her largest ever. And I yeah. would say most assorted and creative. I was, it was nothing short of a pure delight yeah. to go through that box. Yeah. And Sasha, you do not need to send us gifts, but I can't say that it wasn't, like I said, just pure delight to go through it. It and seemed just carefully curated yes. for us. yes. It's like she knows us. She picks the individual things. There's individually wrapped things. There's surprises. That's the thing with her. Yeah. I'm always the unpredictabilityness. I got to tell you, though, Sasha, you don't fuck my world up because I ate three tins of cheese balls oh. <laughs> before I even got to Palm Springs. I mean, crip tonight also yeah. they're smaller cheese balls so you can really get them in there yeah you don't have to carry a huge keg of cheese balls with you you get just one even the actual balls time. are smaller right oh so good sasha so good yeah. so she got us cheese balls she got us um cadbury chocolate which is my uh-huh. favorite chocolate yep that is now sitting in there calling to oh, me oh you're going for that after i'm going for something else um now <laughs> dum-dums uh, Lollipops. She, she got us like Anderson split pea soup. Yep. Sharpies. Oh, Sharpies. Also Japanese pens with little cats on them with the finest, finest line. Which you love. I I love. I'm obsessed with pens. And so I go in and out of phases of bold, extra bold, fine, extra fine. Yeah. Ballpoint, whatever. Um, no but one really likes a ballpoint. I do. I do. I, I like a ball. Sometimes <laughs> I just only want a ballpoint pen. I want to go. I want to pretend like I work in like a I'm a clerk or I'm a whatever mm. and I have a ledger. But the thing is with the ledger is that these extra fine sometimes it oh, comes in a ballpoint two, too. Two journals too. Uh huh. Did you write in those? That I got? have written in one right now. I'm feeling the fine line. You're walking one too. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> Audrey. <laughs> What else? Oh, these little pigs. Mm. Dumpling's been playing with one of them. What are it's they? It's in the bed right now. It's like a squishy, you know, squishy toy. So you gave him yours because one of them is mine. Yeah, the other <laughs> one's right there. Okay, good. Next um, to the champagne. See? Yep. The champagne, the glitter champagne from Michelle Lundquist. Now that we will <laughs> never open. Now for the coup de gras, there was a box that looked kind of dirty and vintage something like okay like so you can probably read read her letter i almost called you grandma um <laughs> that's how brain dead i am the box is yeah i i it, it looks old and daisy it's like somebody sent it it's like a parcel came the 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 messenger came with a parcel, sir. And you're like, ooh, what's the parcel? It's flown from so far away. And it looks like it's international mail. And it looks like it was from inter- international mail a long, long time ago. Her, so she wrote a long letter. And, and normally we would probably not read the whole thing. But the whole thing is so layered. And it really did. 
come at the right time for us. And it was really, it was just really hit on a lot of levels um, that made it really meaningful to us. And so we're going to read it because we like to read nice things about ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My dearest queen hunties, I put together this quote, I fucking care package, end quote, for you both to show you exactly that. How much I truly care about the both of you. From your comedy gifts to your savvy and sassy life insights to your global adventures and of course to your consistent and creative weekly efforts in the podcast arts. I love that she said podcast arts. And that whole that whole paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. This is why you guys have to join the Patreon because I know they're probably thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> All of it combined into something wonderfully unique and uniquely wonderful. So thank you, God. G-A-W. I also wanted to share with you your creativity has both reinvigorated and re-inspired my own creativity. My entire professional life is defined by creative endeavors, but always at the hands of agencies, clients, directors, partners, and coworkers, and always in the service of some product. Creative on my own behalf had seriously fallen away from me in that in the last decade or so, which is d- depressing to admit. But listening to you both and being inspired by you both has rekindled my own creative fire. But be it in contributing in a musical way directly to you or the new writing and performance classes I took this year to hand making a feminora for you last year or even to the silly contributions I make on the Patreon. This personal creativity is something that now that I've realized it, I'm not letting evaporate away again from my life. So little things like candy and snacks and snacks and paper goods and (laughs) random vintage items and adult treats are easy to send and share and make me happy to do so. Plus, it's fun to put these things together. I hope you enjoy them all thoroughly, knowing that your efforts and enthusiasm are so loved, appreciated and important. Hugs, drugs and mugs of alcohol. Sasha. P.S. The one item that may seem out of place. Ahem. The odd looking vintage box I recently found at a vintage shop. All I saw was in the den on the side of the box. And once you open it, as I did, hopefully it's obvious why I found it perfect for the drug den. I certainly believe it to be a gift from the universe and clearly meant for you both. PPS, I am usually not a fan of novelty socks or of novelty anything, but something about these ones said they were more than okay to send to you. She sends socks in there and they're adorable. Yeah. Okay. So. And I did, by adult treats, she didn't give us vibrators and the like. Um, It was of the adult entertainment um, she got us pills and pop <laughs> and um, we're fucking thrilled about it. And um, she's literally. I mean, you can just throw pills in a in an envelope before being honest. It's that simple. <laughs> but um, out to, to, to everyone out there. But anyway, Sasha, you're awesome. Do you want to describe the dish? Meow, meow. I just want to. Yeah, the dish is it's it's going on the wall. Just Sasha, I want you to know it's going in the drug den. Obviously, the box. I wish I could find some manner of. Drug Den, also known as the podcast studio. All right. And I do wish I, this. I do love stuff that looks like this. So I don't know what we can do with the box, but something. And why on the side, it, it does say confidence in the den. Confident. Oh, <clears throat> confide. Isn't it confiding in the den? Yeah, but this says confidence in the den. So, okay. okay. And it's stamped. Just the whole box is cool. Uh, we opened it up and inside is a plate, a, mem- a commemorative plate. And it is of what I'm going to guess is. I don't know, the 20s or 30s, maybe the 40s. I'm not sure. Uh, And it's painting, a painting, a small plate. It's a man and a woman. He's at the desk. She's in a chair. She's sort of slumped down. And it's like they're in contemplative mode. 
Um, confiding in the den, maybe? Confiding in the den. Oh, right. Con- Plate number confiding in the den, two, yeah. two, 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 zero D. In the only limited edition of Confiding in the Den by Norman Rockwell. 11th issue in the Rockwell's Rediscovered Women Collection, made in an edition strictly limited to 150 firing days and certified as a true Rockwell classic by the Rockwell Society of America. I mean, dude, we have a li- real collector's item Norman <laughs> Rockwell plate on the year that Atlanta Del Rey's album came out, um, bringing Norman Rockwell back into the game. And if one of us ends up murdered... And the plate disappears. <laughs> you will know which one of us is the culprit. The Drug Den, if anyone is tuning in here for the first time, is also our podcast studio. It's also Julie's office. It's also Dumplings um, <laughs> litter, litter block box area. <laughs> Bathroom. Yeah. And we have Drug Den bulletin boards where we put everyone's photo. And surprise, surprise. We don't have yours, Sasha, because you fucking gave it to us in the Feminora box, and we never got that anything else in that box. We pulled it out of oh, the, that's right. of yeah. the like peanuts or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We didn't know anything else was in that box. No, so we don't have your picture anymore. So you're gonna need to get that over here, Stat. Um, you can go ahead and use Post Snap, <laughs> and and any, anyone else who wants their picture on the Drug Dad Bulletin World can, can use Post Snap too. Yes. Um, but you're going to have to go to the Patreon page if you want our address. <laughs> now, just really quick, for anyone who is new here that's still sticking around, that's not like, they're fucking talking about a Norman Rockwell plate, and I'm out. Um, today, we're going to abandon the regular format of Dumb Gay Politics again, because we're trying something new that will allow us to have a lot more guests on, mm-hmm. and also a lot more diverse guests. We want to hear from all kinds of people, not just experts or celebrities or activists. You know, like boobs. We all have opinions and all of our opinions are okay, (laughs) even if they are different from our own. That's right, you guys. All of our opinions. Everyone's allowed to have an opinion, even if it's different from your own. And Julie and I have been trying to embrace that more and more. Mm -hmm. And um, and and uh, just a warning if we have any sound quality (laughs) queens out there. Save your breath, save your fingertips, and because we don't need your notes, babe. Okay, we accidentally chose the wrong room Whoa. to do this recording in. We recorded it remotely in Palm Springs, and um, the room was really echoey. The table was really echoey, and the sound quality is not the best. So I recommend for anyone who like usually listens in their car, you can try it, but you might want to just. Get some noise canceling headphones. I would think that Julie's like it doesn't sound that bad. I'm like you have literally like the most baller Beats headphones on the planet. So I don't usually listen to podcasts with headphones. I usually do it like out of my phone speaker. So, um, and it's you know the interview is worth or the the it, it the it, discussion. Give it a sh- give it a chance. Like these guys and the discussions we had um, were very interesting. It's it's worth listening to, and and I hope you like it regardless of the sound. And if you can't, if you can't get through it, pop it off, save your breath, and listen next week because we'll be back with the good sound. Now, that's what's up. And now it's time to get ready for our first ever shitty sound talking shit talk show. Yo, yeah, uh, yo, it's a Blake MacGyver joint. 
Well, you can tell by the way I use my mouth, I'm an issues man. I'm here to talk. We're gonna debate and discuss the news and express our feelings like let's lose. It's politics, it could offend. We don't care, we have opinions. We will try to understand, but if we don't, we won't pretend. Whether you're a gay or a straight or a twit, we're talking shit, we're talking shit. Whether you're a human or a deer or a chair or a bag of cheese, it's we're talking shit, we're talking shit. We're talking shit. Now it's time for the debut of the first ever DGP Talking Shit Talk Show. It's a brand new format that we will bust out only when we have the best guests. Only the hottest, the smartest, <laughs> the funniest, and gayest guests will be considered for the DGP Talking Shit Talk Show, period. Correct. And for our debut talk show, all the boxes are checked. Mm. Here's the deal with our guests today. These three men were the hottest guys to ever grace the airwaves of Bravo. Their bodies are tight, their wit is sharp, they sing like angels, and when I tell you they put the banana in banana hammock, I'm talking extra large bananas. Like those ones with the super thick peels. Right. Totally. <laughs> I love those. Those are your favorite. Those are my favorite. The ones with the super thick peels. <sighs> now, some of you may know these guys from nestling their thick bananas right next to each other on a little show called The People's Couch. That's right. And you nestled your thick banana right next to me on our very own couch. I sure did. <laughs> and it was my pleasure. <laughs> oh, thank you. No. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> now, it's important to note that the five of us and our 14 co-stars were the most underpaid, underappreciated, and overly resentful people on Bravo. And that's saying a lot for the network that made its name with Real Housewives. True. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, let's introduce our Thick Deek guests. Thick Deek? Thick Deek, Bomba. <laughs> hey, Bomba, there's some Thick Deeks. Um, the hotties, the bodies, and the stars of Bravo's The People's Couch, Emerson, Scott, and Blake. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. <laughs> I wanted to start off with a rampant stereotype. <laughs> hey, girls. Hey, girls. Y'all. Y'all. Y'all's is tired. Yes. I know. Is y'all's tired? Yes. 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 Y'all is out the way, too. I stopped saying it when our show got canceled. Yeah. What about work? You can still work. You can still work. Yeah. That's only too hard into the R. That's, you know. Just like work. Yeah, work. work. But it's time to retire. Yes, queen. Oh. Do you guys want to say your last names? God forbid Julie's been like talking shit about the Middle East and then people get mad at us. I'm like, that wasn't me. I'm Scott Nevins. I'm Emerson Collins. And I'm Blake McIver. <laughs> and we are the dream girls. <laughs> yeah. We're your dream girls. Yeah, I usually self-identify as Dina Jones. but Yes. Oh, Dina Jones. <laughs> I identify as Judy Garland or Miss Garland, if you're nasty. That's yeah. right. Emerson, who do you identify as? My pronouns are him and that bitch. Um, <laughs> so the first, we're going to do topics. Which this is a panel. Could be Wendy Williams. Could be... We were thinking of calling this the talk, the real, the... Right, hot topics, the topics, yeah. right. Yeah, you know. The talking. 
I would like to play the role of Meghan McCain oh, and just irritate yes. the shit out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say the opposite just because. And also, my dad. My father. Yeah, your father. My father. My father. My father. My father. She blocked me on Twitter years ago. She was friends with Wilson Cruz, who's a friend of mine. And he'd be like, she's great. She's such a good advocate. And I was like, oh, cool. And then one time something happened with Republicans that was hypocritical. Shock, I know. And I was like, Megan, don't you think this is a little hypocritical? And why are you? And she blocked me. So I sometimes have daytime fantasies that we're still on TV and oh. we and we get invited well that happens a lot <laughs> we get invited on the view we get invited on the view and then I get asked back as a male guest co-host and then I confront her about it by pulling out my phone because she's like well you're just not being open minded Scott I'll be like really you blocked me on Twitter and like the audience goes Ooh. it's sort of like a Jenny Jones type experience but and she it. never responded that. To, she never responded to you she blocked me that's how she responded but like before the block no. she didn't say like this is no like, she didn't do anything. It was just bye bye. It's funny how the daydreams work. Oh, I just so told detailed. you that his daydream was like, I'm going back on TV. I was like, I had a daydream that I drowned in a toilet. <laughs> like, I literally was like, how would I die? I how said, how would I die? You need to reconsider what you think a dream is. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, daydream <laughs> believer. Yeah, you're right. How do you drown in a Negative. toilet? Like, face Honestly, down? It's a whole thing. I was in a tanning bed. It was confining. It was a coffin. The coffin turned into a waterboarding. Waterboarding turned into a coffin. Somebody was shoving my head in a toilet and I couldn't breathe and I died. Why is it Final Destination? I don't yeah, know. Exactly. I, don't know. That's a, I, don't I feel know. like I saw that's that in the Final is. Destination. Yeah. It is. So we're going to start with impeachment since that's the most topical mm. and timely. Are you guys for it since it's clearly sort of on its way? Well, yeah, obviously. I believe impeachment, if you have broken the law, nobody is above the law. Yes. Now, Are you, you for it right now at this particular particular time for Trump since it's the ball is now rolling? Absolutely, because you break the law and you should not be above it, you pay for it. With that said, do I think it's politically smart to do it now? I think you're gonna have people that argue that, you know, oh, this is gonna wake up his base and it's gonna make them angry. They were already woken up. They were gonna turn out for him no matter what. There are people who are Republicans who despise him, who will show up to vote for him because Ruth Bader Ginsburg is gonna keel over soon and they want that seat. That is being real brutal, but that's honest. And they want abortion you know, to be illegal. They want all these things around their abortion to yeah. yeah. So I think it would have been silly to stand by and say, we're not going to uphold the Constitution the way that our elected officials said they would. They're now fighting for the Constitution and what this country is built on, the bedrock of what we believe in. Is it going to fire up his base? Sure. But also... It should be firing up our base. Like everyone who's like, I don't know, Elizabeth Warren doesn't inspire me. I don't know, Pete isn't gay enough. Fuck you, like your inspiration should be getting Trump out of office, period. I don't care, you don't have to have dinner with Elizabeth Warren. You're not going for drinks with Pete or pizza, which he keeps emailing me about every 30 minutes about like going to pizza with him. Like, no, like, <laughs> am I the only one who gets that email? Like, I have, don't get that. We didn't sign up. I'm, I'm not, not a registered um, Democrat, pizza just so Pete. they won't send me emails. It's pizza with Pete and it's like pizza. every five no, minutes. No, the last thing was uh, go see Hamilton with his husband. Which <laughs> was next level. That's so queer, I love it. Chasteleton. Chasteleton. <laughs> He's not throwing away his shot. Well. And so, yes, I am for it. I think you have to do it. And I think that actually will be beneficial because there were a lot of Democrats who were like, why aren't the Democrats doing anything? And it's like, well, That's they true. are, but we're not in control. This is why voting matters. We didn't win the Senate. We won the House. Like. We need to really, and that's something to push, is like, we need to win the Senate as well as the presidency or shit ain't getting done. I think it's good. I think it's, it's interesting. I'm annoyed by purity, disclaimer for everyone. I'm annoyed by purity tests in all directions. 
at every time and everyone. It's ludicrous to think that imperfect people are ever going to be perfect about anything. I do think this is an example of this is necessary. I think I also understand why Pelosi waited so long because how it impacts an election is something that politicians associated with a party should care about. I do also think it's beneficial knowing we're going to move through the process. The Senate's not going to do anything about it. It ties him up. It ensures that he doesn't actually get replaced by Pence, which is also a terrible worst thing. And so for me, I actually think the sum total of it is beneficial, reminding people every day, one, he's terrible at his job. Like separate from the crook and all of that, he's just bad at it. Like the whole phone call, my favorite thing is I think he really doesn't know what he did wrong in that phone call. I think he does other things where he knows what I'm doing is wrong. I think he doesn't understand in diplomacy it's different than business and you cannot in a same conversation no matter how much you think you separated it if it's in the same conversation that ask from the most powerful person in the world is considered a command like he's a moron if he knew it was bad he wouldn't have done it on the phone call that's why he doesn't do email or he'd be he defending it differently do any of his shady business this is in the like no. i don't understand diplomacy because you didn't take anybody into your government yeah. that understands that there is an art yeah. and a skill to doing something that isn't just running the business of america yeah, yeah. uh so but i think it's beneficial even knowing that it's not going to end and also it's good on principle because unlike a lot of people i didn't think I thought Clinton's impeachment was a little bit valid as well. As the president of the United States, you lied under oath. I agree. No matter matter how much it was insane that they were asking you those questions. And it is. It doesn't matter once you sit in the chair and like swear that I'm going to tell the truth. No matter how unrelated the question, you open yourself up to it. You told a lie. You're the leader of the free world. Perjury is perjury. Right. We have to to value that on equal sides. Yes. Blake? As well, as, as the once on-screen son of Donald J. Trump in a little <laughs> film called what? The Little Rascals. Oh, <laughs> you my God. Yeah, you didn't I know that? I might have a slightly different... No, I don't. I've already poured the impeachment bellinis. I, <laughs> I, I've mixed them. They're great. Mm, I love bellinis. Light on the schnapps. Um, no, I, no, I think it's necessary. And I do think the process is necessary. I think we need to go through this and see this played out. I'm personally really intrigued to see what else comes out as a as a result of this process. Of the inquiry. I think it's going to be shocking to some people. Not to us, obviously, but I think to some people, the process of watching it play out is going to be shocking. Can I say two things to this, two addendums? One, thank you, Nancy Pelosi. Like, Mm. so many people wanted to badger her and be like, look at her, that old bag can't do anything. I mean, the misogyny was off the charts, by the way, from, like, lefty liberals. But she knew exactly what she was doing. She knew she did not have the full case until this thing happened, which she was... I believe tipped off about and knew it was coming and they were like here it is here is the moment and that is what a smart leader does and that's what she is she's a smart leader and Emerson alluded to it she waited for the right time and like struck and hit gold like this is it there's so many times we all kept saying do you think this is it do you think this is like where we're gonna get him are we gonna get him P.S. Sorry, we're never going to get him. But this is the closest we're going to get. Because people like Donald Trump always get off. Right. Now, I'm a big fan of the Southern District of New York. That could be a big thing, you know, which is why he moved to Florida. Or moved his residency permanently to Florida to escape some of that. But I think it's amazing that Nancy Pelosi is such a brilliant leader. And there was so much pushback in our party because of her age. And I feel like, you know... Maybe we can learn something from the older people who have been there and know the process and know what they're doing. 
Now, with that said, I also think she's terrible at press conferences. And I'm like, <laughs> how after all these years you can't deliver this? But I really admired her sparkly glitter American pin that she wore when she gave that press conference announcing <laughs> the agreement. I was all about that, that brooch. There's also something else driving impeachment that I think lots of liberals aren't aware of. The stuff in Syria with the Kurds mm-hmm. that Trump and his team of non-religious people are not aware of. There's an enormous Christian Kurd population. Mm-hmm. And that big moral majority, social conservative part of the Republican Party that's about Christian. Like, I like knew there were Christian Kurds like growing up. Like that is, they are one of the giant Christian populations in the Middle East, and that is really important to like Southern Baptists and to oh, Baptists. Evangelicals talk about it. Non-denominational so, people talk about it all the time. I think there's a lot of people not aware that he's in more trouble now because of that, and it's impacting how the impeachment is being perceived by leaving what people see as Christians out in the cold. So it's not. Does that make sense? Like some yeah. of the conservative, either quiet or objection is tied to that totally not related thing that for his own base, he screwed up horrified. I mean, you know, beyond the typical human rights yeah. things. Right. But, but they're thinking, but it's like evangelicals, let's say, like are like, wait a minute, he's doing, those aren't just Muslims. Correct. Those are Christians. Yes, that's absolutely. So it's like, we can't yes. be doing that to Christians. They're real people, we thought didn't they were supposed you know? To be right. yes, those they're are real, real people. Ones. Yes. Well, and I want to say, even though I shouldn't be talking and I never can shut my stupid fucking mouth, but I think that... That's why we love you. They want... Number one, I think I think Nancy Pelosi was tipped off by Republicans because I think they do want him out and I think they want Pence. That's actually Julie's... That's her theory and I believe it. disgusting, horrible but theory. But I also think they want to sit in an impeachment inquiry, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, because they don't want to deal with their constituents. They don't want to deal with legislation and they don't want to deal with laws. They want to sit there and be like, we're doing impeachment. Sorry, we're not doing what you want us to do. Their whole thing is like is a traffic jam so they don't ever have they can deal with their lobbyists and deal with the, the dark money and they don't have to right. answer back to their voters plus i was going to say like there's something like they're getting off on constantly harping on the process and by going and harping on the process it distracts from everything and if they keep doing the impeachment stuff they can keep going look what democrats are doing their process is terrible they're not doing it right like how un-american to try to say that this fully legal completely by the book process is a witch hunt or not fair or whatever other this is all they have they know that the evidence is against them so all they have is to go after adam schiff go after the process and they pick these things but they are brilliant at it i still say hillary clinton lost for several reasons and one of the big ones was years of fox news and republican propaganda against a smart powerful woman right so that's a big part there's all the other stuff right the percentages of Bernie or bus people, all of that stuff, right? You know, not going to the right states. There was her fault in it too. I accept all of that. But they attack a process because they have nothing left. They know that there is no truth on their side, so they have to create this thing. The problem is there are Republicans who are so far in it that they have sold their soul as the only best way to describe yeah. it. And they are so deep in it and they are terrified of their constituents. And, and certainly their plan of action period is like, let's rock the credibility. Mm-hmm. All they're going to constantly do is rock the credibility. Mueller. Process or whatever. Yeah. They did it to Mueller. Exactly. And then they did it after. And what angered me is that Democrats believe it. I don't know why Democrats believe and pass on GOP spin. The Mueller report, love, people love to say the Mueller report did not find any smoking gun or any airtight case. Yes, it did. It found 10 counts. But he was not able to do anything because the Department of Justice said you cannot indict a sitting president. Yet, 
3% of the population read the Mueller report. We have it sitting in the bedroom in there if anybody wants to read it. Both volumes. (laughs) Volume two is much better, by the way. It's juicy. So, you know, (laughs) it's... And that's rare when a sequel's better. (laughs) Yes. Except for Sister Act 2. And they... No, we do not have time to get (laughs) into that. (laughs) Yes. Lauren Hill and Joyful Joyful. One stands on the shoulders of another. No, I can't. Joyful Joyful. There's a lot of people on that street singing their shoulda, coulda, woulda. (laughs) Shoulda, woulda. I mean, come on now. Cheryl that, Ralph and that's more controversial than anything going on in Washington right now. I apologize to your listeners. Okay, so now let's go to 2020. We're going to talk about the candidates. You don't have to know the world. I'm sure you guys do. But remember, our listeners are dumb and gay like us. So let's start with Blake. Mm. Do you know who, you, who you're feeling? Who are you liking? What about your family? Like, what is, what's the vibe you're getting from? I, I will admit that I do not know all the candidates. Good, I'm I want in the minority on, of these three. I'm, I don't actually know all of them. I didn't know Good. what a Tulsa gabble bobber was <laughs> until the debate a couple weeks ago. Tulsa gabble. Is like, that a character in Harry Potter? That's She's too. a Hufflepuff. Um, <laughs> a Russia puff. No, but I, you know... I, for for me, the the one candidate that stands far above the rest right now is Elizabeth Warren. Speak on it. I, <laughs> the beyond just the 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 joking of like, yes, there is a plan for everything. There actually is a plan for everything, and it's not just that for me. It's her way. Where she won me over was in one of the early town halls when she actually in the most simplest and wonderful ways explained why Amazon is great and a problem at the same time. And I was like, wow, if she can take this massive behemoth of a corporation that is a problem and a great thing in our country right now, that's very, it's a very gray area as we all talk about it. And she was able to just in less than two minutes, just go boom, boom, boom. Here's the thing. Here's the problem. Here's how you can fix it. And here's how we get through it. I was Professor like, Warren. Wow. I was like, because there's a capitalist moment right there. And it had nothing to do with politics. It had nothing to do with party lines. It was just so eloquent and so brilliant. I was like, wow, she knows she knows how to fix that in one moment. I, I'm going to start listening to everything else she has to say. Okay, that bitch. No, you go. <laughs> okay. That bitch is waiting for Miss Garland. Mrs. All right, Miss Garland. Uh, <laughs> so Thank you. here's a fun fact. I have not picked one candidate. <gasps> Um, I love Elizabeth Warren. I think she's smart. I think she would be a great leader. I think she would surround herself with really smart people. I also was a big Biden person. I am not afraid to admit that Biden scares me because of what we have seen in the debates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Like Tan a, chest, a long, medium hips. Yeah, yeah like, it went from like... Well, in 1968... <laughs> yeah, oh. it went... <laughs> When I was getting out of a car, I, you know, just that whole... It went from Uncle Joe to Grandpa Joe, right? From Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And so I, you know, I, I, that worries me. But listen, as I've said to you guys this weekend, I will weaken that Bernie him. Like I will carry him (laughs) on my shoulder and like pull strings and make it look like he's talking. (laughs) So we get through November 3rd, right? I think we have a lot to be very proud of in this group of people. And I think we have a lot to be very careful of. I think... Uh, because of what happened in the last election and with Bernie and the divisiveness. Yeah, let's and, talk about that a little. And well, I mean, this man <laughs> let his <laughs> let his let his he let his supporters run crazy, and it started to spread. And then Hillary supporters also got nasty, and it just was not good for the party. And do you see that with Bernie this time, or someone else? Absolutely, like or someone else. Absolutely, Bernie's people who now support Tol- or like protecting Tulsi Gabbard, like it's insane to me. And then 
you know, and here's the thing, I want to be very clear. I do not think Bernie is a bad guy. I don't think Bernie is a bad candidate. I think he has a lot of fantastic ideas. I personally don't feel inspired by him to be the candidate I want to vote for. What really turns me off is a section of his supporters that are really this kind of like, you know, if I get called a cuck one more time or a, you know, a neoliberal blah, 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 of corporate, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, like you're eating your own for the sake of like, instead of fighting this man who actually has the power that has destroyed everything you supposedly stand for. Clean water, air, natural resource, everything you love. And, and he is every, he's the antithesis of all of it. And yet you're still fighting within us. And I get it's a primary, that's part of the process. I don't worry about the infighting. There's a great study that came out like two months ago where it's like, it doesn't affect the vote at the end of the day. What I worry about is like, I have friends from 2016 who I haven't spoken to because they were mad that I was so yeah. anti-Bernie, that I was very vocal about it. And that is a situation. And it's people. stupid, right? Like I call them, I'm like, you know, I'm like, it's so dumb that our friendship is fractured because this guy who honestly couldn't get the votes in the primary and then stamped his feet and his, his defenders went crazy. And then he couldn't, she got 3 million more votes than Donald Trump and still lost. And so like the conversation now is, I will vote for Bernie Sanders or anybody who has the nomination. So if I had to pick favorites, it's like Elizabeth Warren. I love Mayor Pete. That is a genuinely great guy. He's very centrist. If, if you're okay with that, great. If you're not, listen, they all sort of move center to get shit done, but then try to push progressive stuff as well. I think we, be pr we should be proud of who we have and yeah. say whoever gets it, we get behind. And I know everyone at this table agrees with that, but I'm seeing a lot of that like, I will never vote for Kamala. I will never vote for Bernie. I will never, I'm like, and that is where Trump is like, thanks for your support. <laughs> yeah. And like runs away to Mar-a-Lago, you know? <laughs> do you see that? Like on like, cause we don't do social media. Do you guys see, I won't do this. I don't like this person. Yes. Okay. And my hair, <laughs> you can cut whatever you need of this because <laughs> she has a soapbox. As a person, that has a <laughs> I know it's surprising. As a person, I am a compromise-oriented person. I read something a really long time ago that I that struck me about how the people who signed the Declaration of Independence are not the same people that crafted the Constitution. Uh, that it takes two kinds of people, right? You need revolutionaries, you need people willing to burn the building down, and then you need a different group of people who are the kind of people that help you rebuild a new foundation and build the structure afterwards. They're rarely the same people, right? As much as I joke about like being super crazy, I'm definitely more in the second camp. And we haven't in for a while been in a time period where people like me are super useful. Or in the sense of, well, in the sense of like there are a lot of things that need to be burned down. We are also at a tipping point moment though where we're in danger of burning down things that can't be rebuilt. Mm. And I think that a little bit on both sides. Or we just need them for a little while longer. Because what I yes, because what I see happening in some cases is that people that have been really angry for the last two and a half years are starting to say things in a way that sound no different than what they were angry about in the first place. Because, and he knows, we have disagreed about Bernie like since the beginning. Mm -hmm. I do know, and there is an incredibly horrible group of Bernie supporters online that are terrible to women, they're terrible to black women, they're ter like specifically aggressively they're terrible. terrible to me. But if you look at them, <laughs> but you also make sweeping generalizations at them that call them to you. Based so on truth. Yeah, but if you make a generalization that doesn't apply to every person, that's the person that shows up to say, that's not true about me. And so if you say, if you don't say some, if you don't say some of, part of, you become the same thing that we're irritated about other people, like not carefully choosing your words. Because if you look at this field, a huge part of what so many of them are advocating are a direct result of the things Bernie said the last time. 
Like he dragged this field to the left. You're right. You know, and he probably isn't the guy at the end of the day for the way his people behave, for the way that he delivers, for the representation issues that people are really passionate about. But like a lot of what we're seeing and talking about are specifically because he said, I am not willing to budge on. And some of his supporters, it's because some of those issues were never talked. Medicare for all was not on the table. No. To that ridiculous man with his hair, you know, stood up and <laughs> yelled it at people in old Jewish man right. voice. <laughs> you know, no. And no. now healthcare! And now Medicare <laughs> all! I don't know where I am. Jane! <laughs> we all have to have a good wait! I don't know what you but two my one percent! Yeah. But it's like, but when we get into, when, but see, I get irritated at everybody because when we get into lazy language, like hashtag Tulsi is a Russian asset. Very smart people tweeted that out, knowing that the accuracy of that statement right. implies to people that don't follow the specific language of how you define a spy or an asset or whatever. Sounds like you're saying, I know definitively that she's taking direction from someone in the Russian government. There's plenty of terrible things to say about Tulsi yeah, and her policies, and that it like dovetails with <laughs> their plans. Just what I said. <laughs> yeah. That's that that isn't. She is an asset. Yeah. And Hillary Clinton never said that. She said she's being groomed by the Republican Party right. to run as a third candidate. But like, a whole bunch of normally reasonable people tweeted that because we're in this weird place where hyperbole and snark are blending with people who normally tell the truth. And so we're starting to sound as murky if we're not careful as what we're objecting and to. And social media is, is getting mixed up with real life, where it's like, I can say whatever I want, this is now a joke, this isn't a real conversation, but it's being taken as real. Right. Can I ask you really quick before we move on, do, who do you think are revolutionaries and who are built, what would you call the other, like, Well, it's interesting, builders? because what I most appeal, like, I'm, I will be voting for Warren, like, in California. Like, that is worlds away. She speaks to me in a language that I think is she wants to make strong changes but she articulates the arguments in ways where she lists the steps. Like Blake said, it's cohesive, it's relatable, and you don't feel afraid, or that like, she no, every detail isn't worked out, but she's really thought about a lot of the problems. Like that is my gold standard. I want someone that I think is probably smarter than me, who really has thought about it, who cares what you think, but isn't motivated by what you think. Does that make sense? Yes. That's, I want you to sound like a compromiser. Do you consider her a revolutionary? Or yes, revolutionary? I do think her policies are, in a lot of areas, are revolutionary, but articulated, articulated in a way that speaks to people that are compromise-oriented. And should she take a VP that's more? See, it's, it's interesting, because this is where, like, purity tests are annoying to me. You know, it's like, to me, if it's Kamala or Elizabeth, probably one of the white guys ends up in the VP spot to like make the weird, moderate, racist, vaguely racially <laughs> uncomfortable people like, okay. Right. You know, it's like the Pete Beto spot underneath Cam Kamala. Yeah, right. Under Elizabeth, it could kind of be anybody, I don't care. Yeah. Um, if it's one of the white guys, it absolutely cannot, you know, it has to be right. somebody because representation really matters to a lot of people and me and is important to the party moving right. forward. Well, Biden certainly is not a revolutionary, so he his VP period has, to, has be to be has to be like so left that's somebody so that's burning the house down. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So speaking of Pete, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, he's the Buttigieg, he's the homosexual on the scene. He's gay. Yes. Are we sure? You didn't tell me that. I mean, I haven't seen any proof at this point. I'm Where's thinking, the video? I'm thinking Katie Hill put out photos. It could be a move. I thought that was his roommate, Chastain. <laughs> Chastain. I, Jessica Chastain. Chastain. <laughs> I can say for sure that 
for a fact that I have not had relations with Mayor Pete. Jacob Wall was paying people to say that Pete Buttigieg uh, sexually assaulted them. Oh. He tried to find somebody oh, on Craigslist. Yes. On Craigslist. Yes, he was yes, the one yes, that yes. said like the hot the hot Marine for Elizabeth Warren and I was like, I'm voting for a more now. For <laughs> <laughs> her. So just so you guys know our trajectory with him, we really like really like him. He's obviously a really nice guy. He has a ton of like great ideas. He's well spoken. I personally really related to him on Rachel Maddow. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was about waiting to come out. I feel like there's a lot of shame put on people for not coming out for their career. I think people should be allowed to put their careers before a family or a husband or a wife or whatever. I think, and that's what he did. And I think he feels a lot of shame around that. And I, and I relate to that. However, recently he went on um, CNN and said that he wouldn't um, be for um, taking away tax exemptions to religious institutions that participated in discrimination. And then we were done. So now people are mad at us. He's just not um, strong, enough. strong enough. I don't feel like he's strong enough anymore. But it was also a thing where he was coming at for people at the town hall and at the, I'm sorry, at the debate. He was coming for people in a way that I found to be extremely off-putting. And it helped it was, him a lot. I thought it was contrived. I think that now he's scripted, he's contrived, he's put on, he isn't standing up and being authentic. He's now losing his authenticity and I don't like it and I'm mad at him. And it helped him. The alpha male performance helped him. And that was a big discussion afterwards. It's just like, look at him. He really stood up and stood his ground. It was like, oy. Here's the thing. All right, to dovetail back into what you just said. Because we have a lot of religious... The, the thing with him, it wasn't necessarily... It's, it wasn't about not being gay enough. We just... Yeah. We have a thing with religious institutions and their stranglehold on the country and certainly being tax exempt. I don't even care if it's Susan G. Komen. You better pay those taxes, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm in the camp with you guys. I grew up 14 years of Catholic school, which as I've learned now knowing Emerson is nothing like growing up, you know, Southern Baptist. So or, different. But there is, it is its own story of, of confinement and suffocation. And, you know, I think, and I've said this and I've, I watch my, I never used to watch my social media numbers and now I'm fascinated. So I watch them like once or twice a week, I'll check them. Anytime I speak out against religion, my numbers drop. And it is really sad to me that religion has such a stranglehold on this country and that all religion is, is a money-making scheme based on lies. It is the same thing, sorry, lies and control. It is the same idea as Santa Claus with children. He's watching you, you better behave, you better give your candy to that person and share. No. There is no man in the sky with a lightning bolt who's gonna come throw it at you. There is no, like, there, and I'm fine with people who have religious beliefs, whose religion doesn't say to me, you can't get married, you can't do this, you over there, a woman, you can't get an abortion, you, no, the minute you start doing that shit, I'm like, pay your taxes, you are a cult. Catholicism is a cult worldwide. So Baptist, you know, all of it is cult behavior and these people are so controlled by it. They are told how to vote. They're told how to think. The shame that gay men and women and lots of people feel growing up in these religious environments does damage to them that never goes away. And you can see it in the way they openly talk on social media about certain candidates. Like they like that about Pete, that he was like, no, we should protect the churches and people should be able to pray together. And I'm gonna help Chick-fil-A figure out that they should not be, so no. Like, fucking grow a pair and be like, this is a money-making scheme. I took my mom to the Vatican. She's a big Catholic. She couldn't believe how much, like, wealth they had in that building. I was like, this is 1% of what they stole from other countries. What do you think it is about religion that keeps them tax-exempt? Why? It's a defending principle of the nation. It's literally why we yeah. moved here. But what about, so Pete Buttigieg... It's, like, it's why we came to America. He's going to come out and... He's now, this is his, this is his thing at the beauty pageant, is I'm the gay, I'm the gay one. 
But then when it comes to protecting gay people, that's the one thing you're not going to do. Fuck off then. You don't get to be the gay one. All right, but here's my counter to what, to the, to that as a concept. I think the original discussion is great. Talking about getting rid of tax exemption for churches, great thing. To make a person talk about one specific reason for it is bonkers because there's so many other reasons churches should also. Besides discrimination. <clears throat> besides specifically like gay people. It wasn't just gay marriage. It was discrimination of any kind. Right. right. But that's an all religion. So I would understand and no candidate for any office is going to say I'm for taking away tax that exemptions of churches. Right. After he like definitely wasn't doing it and was like, I'm coming to take, sure, you can come for the first and second amendment at the same time, but like you're not realistically in consideration for the job of the most powerful person in a country that's more than half religious. <clears throat> I'd like that it's a lovely conversation, but it's there's it's silly in politics to think that's a position anyone but can it's also take silly that's going to get someone there. as young as him is going to win and I don't think he will and I think this could have been his chance to be like this is what I stand for see in 12 years right but he disagrees with this because he is a religious person so he doesn't see it which as is a scam kind of he doesn't see it as which is a problem right a big one. and I get that at this table yeah. but I'm saying <laughs> in our nation for the person who has to be in charge of a country is it a problem for you <clears throat> that's what we're that asking. other people are religious no that Pete Buttigieg is no. Okay. Because so is like every president we've had since the beginning of the country. I'm not going to start now being bothered by like we have people that go to church. Obama's religious. Hillary Clinton's religious. Like they all believe in a God. They all believe in a religion. And I hated it when they all talked about it. And I hated it that they had to be photographed at a church. And I saying, don't care that he's religious. Just that he. I don't care. But why is that part of the discussion? Said. We're talking about running a country. This is a job. This is you are now interviewing well, for a job. Well, that's the question. My question is, why would it matter if you're even if you're religious? Why can't you be religious? Fully religious, let's say almost conservative religion of whatever, and still be pro tax exemption for discrimination. Yeah. Well, yes, but all uh, every religion includes discriminatory aspects. We're saying aspects. every Absolutely. religion. We're now and now I'm a, I'm a presidential candidate. I'm the first gay candidate, and I'm going. You know what? Gays are used as a scapegoat in all religions right now, first and foremost. We are the most scapegoated person in religion. They stand behind that. They go, Proposition 8. They go, I'm not going to serve you the pizza. We're done. And we're done with it for everyone. So until, so you know what I'm for? Tax, goodbye tax exemption, church, mosques, temples, Scientologists. Yeah. It's done. We're all going to now pay our taxes. Why can't they simply do that? No one's ever getting elected saying that. But why For probably at least 20 or 30 more years. But we're just like, that, I agree with you, but I'm just saying... Yeah. We're not saying is it a good strategy politically. Right, but I'm saying because it's not feel. realistic, I don't need a candidate to say it yet. Okay. That's but for me. Like, because to me, I would it? say you're a crazy person. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but you have to be the sacrificial lamb. Sure. So he could have been because he could come back on that and be like... He's so young. Right. Yeah. But that's easy for us to say at this table, not the person who has to sacrifice the rest of their career well, because they the were the first person to say, I think... Religion is a terrible thing in America. But we are not saying. But here's the thing, and here's where I'm, this is where I'm gonna. This is where I would. Push, I say it's a terrible thing. A bit. Yeah. Well, here's where here's where you become a. Here's where the politician in you were were, and I was like that too, and I might secretly think that to a certain extent. Yeah. But the politician in you would have to say religion isn't a bad thing. Religion is great. If you find comfort in that, that's great. You believe in God, yep. good for you. But here's the deal. We live in a, the, why did we come to this country? We came to this country for religious freedom, separation between church and state. Now we're really gonna have it. Which means what? Every religion has to pay taxes. You can deduct shit. You can deduct your donations. You can deduct your whatever. But if you line. have a building, if you have real estate, if you have cars, if you have a plane, if you have a parking lot, if you have whatever, you have to pay taxes. And I mean every religious 
institution, so if you don't every single one. And, and, and we're not going to accept that you're going to use that as discrimination for yes. anybody. I'm fine with anybody being religious. I will even go with you to your church. I go with to church with my mom on Christmas Eve to embarrass her and get my Instagram video where I sing Joy to the World off key really loud and embarrass her. It's hilarious. Every year, watch it. Look but, but they're on my Instagram. But they... To me, it's like if your religion is teaching you to be a great person and have faith, and if you want to believe that, if you want to believe there's a pink elephant in the sky that sends you down roses every Wednesday, great. My theory is, is the minute your religion starts discriminating against somebody, not just gay people, anybody, you lose. You are now, yes, pay taxes. You are now something beyond just teaching love thy neighbor, love everyone else. You are not following the rules. And we see this with Republicans who love to claim their religious freedom and their religious liberties and then are the most hypocritical, disgusting right. versions of human beings. But maybe if he started, if there was a candidate that started now and knew that their long-term game was 15 years, and it isn't about bashing religion, but promoting it in a way that's supportive and positive, but we're not going to pay for it. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, I agree. I think, based, I think that's... I agree with you. Yeah, My no, point is, somebody I mean, has to start at like dog catcher right, right. with that as a part of who they are. Right. Which, to your original point though, is why I don't hold that against Pete. Like, as the gay religious person threading the weirdest needle in the world, to be the <laughs> one to say, also, let's charge all religions money. Because then you don't just get the... By the way, everyone's joining together against you. We, you know, you want to unite the religions of the world, tell them you're going to tax them. Um, so the, does that make sense? Like it it's why that it doesn't I, bump I think for you, me. Are you a Capricorn or Sag? Sag. I'm a Capricorn. I feel like I relate to a ton. You're super practical. Speaking of religions, that's bullshit. You're, that's fine. You're very practical. You're very pragmatic. I don't care. At the end of the day, what I think is interesting is there's four gay people sitting here and not one person said they would vote for him. Well, this is important discussion, but it's funny because like this is where my I am a bleeding heart idealist at my soul and I wrap it in a like what can you actually achieve in the world and I think it's good that there are people that like this is good. There are people that want to push that hard at it. I think it's also good that there's someone like me to sit here and say yes I hear you but I also it's like the people that are like he's yeah. not queer enough. I'm like I'm sorry I would love it if like a big black lesbian <laughs> trans woman it was the like yeah. voice of the like brilliant queer rainbow but yes, we do it to make achievements and steps. And I know we have problems with white, cis white gays in our community, but that he's a safe gay. There are still people, places that are like, ew, I couldn't vote for him. That are like reasonable in the middle. You know, there's, yeah. it sucks that progress is ever so slow. We do need people pushing the train, you know, as hard and as fast as possible. But I'm also not going to hold the one person hostage who has to like, thread so many different things just for the seat at the table. Because I go to, he never thought we were getting here. That one Monday night town hall that blew him up, yeah. they absolutely thought this was a failing upward campaign. He'd get like one or 2% in a couple of polls, he'd do some more things there, and then be in the running later. Right. I, there was never, I can't believe they ever thought where he is I now agree. was remotely possible. Yeah. So I think there's been some winging it along the ways. I'm more irritated by like who you're taking money from, because back to Bernie, campaign finance to me is the most important thing of the whole world. Political action committee money, where you get the funding from, how lobbyists and industry, like to me, that affects everyone in every capacity and our ability to have an impact on who the candidates are, the issues that get, that get addressed in Congress. To me, that's the baseline most important. And you taking that bundled money 
is way worse than anything you've said. And he so does far. definitely do that. But okay, I'm sorry. I have to say this. We need to win with that money before we can change the same how concept. that works. <laughs> the same concept. Yes, it's the same yeah. concept. We need to take that money to win because Donald Trump has raised hundreds of millions while he was supposed to be working as president. Okay. And so we need that money to win to change those procedures and but, say we can't take that money. And but, I know it sounds crazy, but that's how our system works. But like equal rights, when is the right time to fix it then? Which election? As soon is as the we one? win this election, you get in and be like, okay, now we need to have this conversation because it is. A, it is a conversation and you need to say like that we need to put, I mean the worst day in America one of them was when they when they the Supreme Court passed um, Citizens United it was mm -hmm. like this is terrible and I remember sitting there not really being as political as I, as I am now but I was like this is bad even I know this is bad but at the end of the day just because you take money from a certain company does not mean that when you get power, you're going to be like, hey, come in the back door. I'm going to help you it out. Does kind of it doesn't. Does it it kind does of. not mean that. That is per person. It does not mean that. And like, if that money means that we win Michigan and we win the presidency, fucking shove that money in my hand right now because I will take it for him and hand it back to him. I don't care if it has to go through me because we need to win. Bottom line. So this goes back to pure. This is a purity test. I'm sorry. We just talked about purity tests and how much we hate them. This is a purity test. Take that money and say, just so you know, but we this did. is not a contract. I'm not promising you anything. But we did take all that money in the last election and lost. We did, well, she got more votes. We lost in certain states. But because I mean, of but it's the perfect example of she had to do all of those things in order to have a shot as the most qualified woman to ever run for president, the most qualified person to ever run for president because she was a woman. She had to do all of those things. Like at what point do we say the way we do it matters as much as getting there? Because we're talking about when we win. win. And really, yeah, but if Pete when has, we win. Wait, if Pete has to say, I want to tax all religions and can't say one thing wrong, but we can sacrifice anything for the money, what's the difference? Because we need to win before we can make any changes. I and know. unfortunately we live in a country where but money is the way to win. But which purity test we're for both. is the one that's okay? We're for both. We say tax churches and also don't take which is money. great, Elizabeth but you Warren's can't do either. Money. But you can't do either without winning. You Elizabeth cannot. Warren's doing pretty good. Yeah, pretty good is not as good as a hundred million dollars like in a night. That like it's that's true. We don't know yet though. But... Yes, we do know. You can, I mean, we we don't know because we still have a split electorate that is like, well, hey, I'm for Pete, I'm for this, I'm for Biden. When it all comes together, I think you'll see money pour in. But I'm sorry, like I am very worried about the money. I'm worried about the money they spent on online. Yeah. Uh, online ads that are so blasphemous and like crazy. By the way, one of my, this is a real sideways move, but have you ever looked at the official White House Facebook page since the day he was elected? It is a complete, on Facebook, excuse me, on Facebook, it is a complete propaganda tool. And I mean complete, where they say things like the disgusting Democrats are stealing this. Like it is, and this is what I mean, we need to win to get in there and change all this. We have so much to clean up now and then change, you need to win to do that. Also, so all of this purity test doesn't mean shit how we win, just we have to win, and then you can get on your moral soapbox and say, now we have to make this right. But if you pick Biden, maybe he's not gonna clean, he's certainly not gonna clean up Facebook. And I, we like to- And you push him to do it. As an electric, you push him to do it, and you say like, fine, we will not vote for you again. You let him, there are ways of letting your candidates know. I know, I'm alone on this island. Yeah. Sorry, I like winning. <laughs> well, because if you wait, if you say we won't vote for you again, then the next time it comes up to winning, you end up voting for them again. And it just becomes an endless cycle of like, not wanting to lose, not wanting to lose. But then you pressure them in between those times to pass something. And if but they also don't, people talking to people matter more, more than all the money spent. So like go out and talk to people. 
But you yeah. need money We're to do doing that. It. A lot of campaigns need money. <laughs> it's happening right no, now. No, I mean regular people. Like, I don't mean yeah. paying people. Like, the conversations people have with people are far more effective than anything yes. else. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're not beating propaganda by, like, putting up even crazier Facebook ads and things. Well, maybe if they got rid of the Electoral College, the money wouldn't even be... There you go. <clears throat> no, but to the religion, because we talked a lot about that, and I do think it's really important, and I think it's a complicated issue for our country... Um, I mean, I did make an entire movie about like the damage that religion has done. So, like, to be clear, a beautiful movie. Tell everyone what that's called. It's Emerson. Called Southern Baptist Sissies now streaming on Broadway HD. You can just do the free trial, watch the movie, and cancel it. Like, <laughs> to and be he's fantastic clear, in it. To be very clear, I feel very strongly about how much damage religion does to people. I do think it's important that religion be available to people, and I do think it's great to have the conversation about how we continue to allow it to impact our society. Um, I just think like we're not. That's not changing right now. Yes, and you're right. It's I grew up in Texas too. Have the same experience as you. And but we definitely need tax work. reform within. I, I, you know, I mean, I call me like moderate for saying that, but the, yeah. I, there's got to be some conversation about reformation of the tax initiative. Uh, I was still in the closet when Prop Eight was happening, and I was I was still very actively involved in my non-denominational megachurch right here <laughs> in Southern California, where I led worship and had a whole praise team under me, and blah 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 blah. Bunch of Hollywood muckety mucks used to be in the congregation blah 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 and I will never forget the day that I walked out and said I cannot and pulled a complete 180 I cannot do this anymore because the pastor all but said you don't love Jesus if you don't vote this way on property and, and why are like, they talking about that at the pulpit? exactly and I was like and that and in that moment I was like your tax exemption should have been ripped by violation that day but Trump just made it easier. Like two years ago, they passed the, I forget the name of the law, but it was like, you are, it is now not illegal for you to make political contributions and speak right. on political. So yeah, it's, you know, it is a tool. It is, religion is a tool mostly used to hold people down. And as much as we'd love to say, it teaches people to be better and loving. It has not been working after all these thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It ain't working. I think the conversation, I think what happens, I think the, the problem is that the conversation is, and I feel you, but I think that the conversation, I think coming at it, people don't want to hear that they're stupid. People don't want to hear that they're, what they believe in is it real, what they believe is or makes sheep. them bad, what they believe in. So it's like, I think that the conversation, even if you believe that, I think the conversation has to be come at in a way of trying to have some understanding for people who are people of faith but having them understand that they don't, we aren't going to pay for it. It's like- And they don't you, affect our laws. But, and that's the thing, it's like rather than, but we are not gonna be able to have a conversation about it. If, if it were me and I, and I heard, you're dumb, you're, that you, what you believe in is stupid, what you believe in is bad, it's negative, it's this, that, and the other thing, and believe me, we all have beliefs. Every single person has a belief. I go to a temple, I go to a church, I go to a mosque, I go to Scientology, I go to the Mormon thing, whatever that is. You have every right, that's the whole thing. You should believe whatever you want, but we aren't going to pay for it. I had to pay to go to Hebrew school, we paid for high holidays. It shouldn't matter to you what your, your churches are businesses. I know, but to what should be framed to the, the congregation is, this won't in fact affect you at all. You won't care if you go down to Albertsons and you find out Albertsons taxes went up. Maybe it raises your prices. Churches are free, so maybe they pressure you to tithe more. That's a business. We're dealing with businesses here. We're not dealing with their. Well, I know, but people talk about it in terms of belief. So I don't. They shouldn't be because they 
they do this to me, they do this to me, they believe this, and I don't believe that, or they believe this, or I don't believe that. If the conversation was, but we don't, we're not even going to talk about belief. What we're yeah, going to talk about, about business. is that the building that you're in yeah. owns real estate in a place that they, you need to pay the taxes yeah. on. Right. Well, and to the other piece, I don't care. Believe what you want, live your life the way you want. However, <laughs> stop thinking that yours is your belief is a trump card because it's from a religion or a god. Exactly. Like, I don't care whether it's the unicorn in the field outside, the Lord Jesus right. overhead, or if you just woke up this morning and said, this is how I'm going to live my life. Like right. an opinion about someone else's behavior is still just that. That's right. Whether it's because you were taught it, discovered it, or chose it, yeah. it's not more valid because you picked it up in that building over there that, yes, should be paying tax for the land, Scientology. And if you're yeah. trying to make it... <laughs> exactly. exactly. I whispered the word because, you know, they search you out. And if you're trying to say that what you believe in your building, right? Because I started my whole rant twice now. I made sure I said this before I started. I said, you can believe whatever you want. I'm fine with you worshiping whatever you want. But the minute it turns into, you can't do this, you should vote for this... That is where I stop. And so I'm sorry, when you're trying to push your religion into our laws, which is what the entire abortion fight is about, yes. no, gay marriage. Country, but yes, that is exactly another one though. That is discrimination. Yes, but not only that, it's about religion. And yeah. so when you're using religion for evil as Republicans do every day, and by the way, certain Democrats who are religious do mm -hmm. every day, I say full stop, no. You own land, pay your taxes if you want to do this because you know, you're a private company, like you have to do this. I do not think that your religion should have any effect on how this country is run. Right. And I don't care that it says, in God we trust on our country. And on our money. That came later, that wasn't part of the building of this country. That came way later. They yeah. put that on there later. Somebody, yeah. you know what I mean? That's yeah, One Nation, Indivisible, Under God, 1950s. That's not yeah. part of fucking- And again, that was the influence of religion into politics. And right. like, fuck you like Reagan for making it worse. <laughs> and like, you know, it's just, there's such a lineage of this that, and I think it's Agreed. fine to be, it's fine to be like, and listen, I agree with you all. I know you're all being so polite and being sweet and saying like, you can believe whatever you want. Yes, but the minute it becomes hateful, or you're telling me that I should be an, a non-equal citizen, full stop, you are now hate speech. You are now yes. you are now hate speech, and you should lose all of your status as a church and tax exempt. By the way, tax exemption for churches is also so exploited by the Asian communities in New York. <laughs> no, I'm going to dive real deep from it. I grew up in Flushing, Queens, which has a big Asian community, and they have exploited it by taking homes in the neighborhood, turning the homes into churches so they don't pay taxes on the land, and then turning them into four family homes with a small room that is considered the church. And this is completely legal in America. So yes, like you said, it's a business. Let's really talk business and how people are exploiting this. I branded it the best and said, well, tax reform. If we framed, framed it in tax reform, where it just affects whatever institutions, whatever there could be education, could be whatever colleges, same shit. We got oh, religious we colleges that don't that pay anything. Yeah. Can I ask? Can I ask a question? I know the answer. We all know the answer, but just tell me how you would answer it. Yeah. Why is it that churches don't pay taxes? I honestly don't know now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for being so honest. Ninety percent of people don't know. I'm sure Emerson knows. He's very intelligent. Why? Well, it goes back to the concept of that. Like, essentially, taxation is like. <laughs> I didn't mean that you're not intelligent. I meant that no, he always impresses me with like, he can open the encyclopedia and be like, yes. I've read this. But it's about the government impinging on the practice of religion and the government charging money from it in any capacity is mm -hmm. considered some kind of impingement on that institution. But now we have the reverse. Yes, exactly. it's essential. Well, the but it's also- just swung too far. Yes. Yeah. It started in to like protect the Quakers from the, pil you know, yeah. pilgrim yeah. days. Because you can't- colonial. Yeah. You can't set the taxes so high that they basically can't have their church. But it, I always go back to, 
if you if the tenets of your religion are bigoted, that doesn't excuse them. It just means you have a bigoted religion. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's just my deeply held religious beliefs. If they're bigoted, you're you have a bigot religion. Good job. But also, like, why can't we start a gay religion? Why yeah, can't we can. we, I know there's MCC churches. I'm I'm making sort of a joke point here, but like, let's just start gay. The, thing the religion. With, if you, you wanted to start a cult, which you could. It just takes years and years and years, like L. Ron Hubbard, to finally get tax exempt. It, yeah. If you watch the Scientology docs, oh, it took him forever, yep, forever. Ever. When he finally got, and he paid money hand over yep. fist, he owns the LAPD, he owns the, whatever at part of the FBI does California. Yep. He's on that shit. Not L. Ron Hubbard, but that church. They don't care if Shelly Miscavige is sitting in a fucking dead body is in a shed. <laughs> they are going to hear this and hunt us down. Yeah, they are. good, because we have gone so innocent. But once they right. get that tax exempt status, and I don't care if it's they a charity or who, you can't get it. And he shot those fireworks off Wait. behind him on stage, remember that? <laughs> Y'all need yes. to get all this to Leah Remini. Yeah, get her in charge of this campaign to kill all church tax exemptions. She did a great service, though, by the way. she And Mike Rinda. Where's Mike Rinda? Mike Rinda, I love Mike Rinda. Well, let's talk about the fact that all the Real Housewives voted for Trump and the Republican, right? Like, and they're all religious. Like, this just proves the point. They're all garbage people. <laughs> and it's pretty involved. The in Beverly that. Hills women didn't. Bethany didn't. Beth- I guess Carol was big, not into it. Carol was a huge. Oh, I love Carol. Carol yeah. was a big Hillary supporter. Yes. Yes. You guys, I was t- kidding. Tell but. our 14 listeners how to find you on the socials. All right. I'm uh, so on Twitter and Instagram, it's <laughs> at Scott Nevins. And on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash official Scott Nevins. And you can hate tweet me at actually Emerson and like my pandering nudie photos on Instagram at Emerson Collins. Trolls calling all trolls. Please do. <laughs> and I'm not on social media anymore because I got canceled earlier this year. Look up a story about it. It's funny. Yeah, let's talk about it. Ma'am, give them a high five on that. We support everyone getting on Facebook. That's that's how we're doing our part. I got off Facebook right? too. Yay. And I got rid of Amazon. Oh. Wow. Because yeah. I have an impulse control problem. <laughs> well, that's fair. Do you have to like hike up the woods to stores? <laughs> these yes, these mortar and brick stores? Yes, but I'm... Julie, they just announced that Amazon Fresh is now included with Amazon Prime. That's gross. Yeah, Amazon is the new Walmart. And like all, everybody, all these people who hate capitalism and buy everything on Amazon, I hate it. Shut up. <laughs> we don't do it. We're literally like going like back to old school. Like we're like Barnes and Noble I'm to get, get a book. Like she's oh, yeah. like, I have to go to Barnes and Noble. I have a Barnes and Noble store. Barnes and Noble. Burbank. Burbank. Yeah. Burbank. I love that Burbank one. <laughs> and the one of Glendale. Uh, yeah. And well, shop local. Shop yes. local. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you so much for having us, for Thank being you. open and honest. And let's just keep the conversation going. Yeah. So that's it for our special talk and shit talk show with the guys from the people's couch. If you haven't signed up for the Patreon yet, go over to patreon.com slash politics and you can choose to pledge $1 for one bonus podcast a week or $2 for two bonus podcasts a week. I just want to say this episode was super fun and I'm so grateful to have tried out this new format with Emerson, Scott and Blake. Mm-hmm. Like they're all so th- smart and thoughtful and well-spoken and we truly truly love them like family but i just want us to have the final word which isn't fair but it's our goddamn <laughs> podcast so we're gonna go ahead and do the shit so okay do you want me to take the final of course, word yeah, absolutely okay like i said 
They all made really thoughtful and salient points, and they weren't wrong. It's all a matter of perspective and opinion, and every one of us is allowed and should be encouraged to have our own. At the end of the day, the opinion of this podcast and what I was trying to get across, whether it be to Emerson on Pete Buttigieg or Scott on campaign finance, is that American politics is a corrupt p- place to be. And we are not throwing our support. This podcast is not going to throw um, our support behind any candidate that thinks they can play into the corruption just for the sake of winning, but not get caught up in the corruption. It's impossible to do. And there are too many legit honest and courageous straight shooters on the primary ticket right now to choose a candidate who is choosing politics over justice. Ooh. Paloop. Oh, Ooh, I'm going to go rub myself on the new plate. And that is how you have the final word, right? <laughs> that is. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun, but mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb and people's couchy people's couchy Some tight bodies beyond. <laughs> Those guys are tight. Those guys are tight. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man. By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving you want something visual that's not too abysmal we could take in an old steve reeves movie i'm glad we caught you at home could we use your phone we're both in a bit of a hurry right we'll just say where we are then go back to the car we don't want to be any worry well you got caught with a flat world How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. (laughs) Why don't you... Stay for the night. night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for a living man. Tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab 
and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> 